It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every Rams Nation, welcome back. This is Bear Motter from Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is the Friday edition. This is the pump you up. Let's go football in a few days. Locked on Rams edition. I got my main man, James Kroger, with me from Rams Podcast. James, welcome. Friday. We're a couple days away. How you feeling, big guy? Thank you, Bear. I'm relieved that the fires are not affecting uh, my neighborhood anymore. And uh, very excited to get to Sunday and watch the Rams take on the Eagles. Yeah, those fires were crazy, man. Hopefully uh, we can get all that under control in all areas. And, uh, you know, it's not an issue anymore at all. But, man, that's been crazy to watch, seeing it go national coverage, national news, kind of shifting practices. Uh, Rams got back to a little bit more of traditional uh, practice today. I did see some coverage on it. Um, They tried to start practice a little bit earlier uh, on Thursday to kind of play against some of the strong winds. They said it wasn't so much the smoke anymore, but it was the strong winds that were kind of crazy. So I'm interested to see how that kind of that prep leading up to the game. They said the balls were kind of going all over for the quarterback. So um, hopefully when they get in the Coliseum and he's starting to throw a true ball, it's going to, you know, make it a little bit easier for him. Right. So as everybody that follows closely knows, they didn't skip practice yesterday, but they took it indoors and they had a lot of walkthroughs. McVay said it was actually pretty beneficial because they got a lot more reps in than they would have otherwise uh, if they were outside. But yeah, uh, same story today. It was similar down by my house. You could smell the fire. It was very windy, but you couldn't really see any smoke in the air anymore. So I'm, I'm hoping that they're okay with it. I hope that their lungs didn't get... Um, you know, too much congestion in there because the Eagles are down at the Anaheim Angels Stadium where there's been no fire and they've had a uh, smokeless free practice all week. I don't know if you saw pictures Lucky. of that stadium, but they got it decked out as a football field right now. So the Angels decided to, to help out the Eagles for some reason. Yeah, well, screw the Angels. This is a Dodgers <laughs> town anyway. But, um, you know, I do think the fire's... Uh, this is like this is not the week I need the fires to to be uh, putting a dent in a ranch practice. You know, this is the biggest game of the oh, year. Oh, you want the fires to work yeah. with you? Could the with, fires come fire <laughs> next time when it's the fires okay were for inconvenient for me? Um, well, let's talk about let's shift gears. You said you watched the uh, McVeigh um, press conference that just finished up not too mm-hmm. long ago. Uh, any big takeaways? Any injury updates? Anything that uh, coach said today that um, you know you thought was beneficial? Well, speaking of the fires, of course, all, all the reporters are asking McVeigh uh, how they've affected practice and if that they've affected anybody on the team. You know, John Sullivan had to run home. He did live somewhat close by to the fires, but nothing's really, uh, you know, he's not in a state of emergency or anything. McVeigh's house, he took the exit. Uh, he lives down in Encino. It's, you know, he, he said it's really sad, but it's not really affecting anybody on the team. Uh, of course, we saw jo- uh, Johnny Hecker go and buy a bunch of uh, gifts for everybody and go to the shelters and per- you know, fill them up with a bunch of stuff from Target. I saw him loading up his car, and that was, you know, yeah. what a guy this guy is. Uh, so on top of that, of course, everybody was, that's the biggest news in L.A. That's all he got asked about originally. Then came along the injury report. Um, the one I care about the most right now is Alec Ogletree. Wade Phillips said that he is hoping Ogletree is going to play on Sunday, and he feels good about it. But he said he went, um, regarding Connor Barwin, who we know, 
who we said in the beginning was going to supposed to be out for one to two weeks, he would be really surprised if Connor Barwin uh, played. So when it came to the actual do not practice list, Andrew Whitworth sat out just because he had his weekly rest day. Mark Barron sat out, not injury-related. He just had his uh, weekly rest as well. Obviously, Robert Woods is still out with a shoulder issue. Malcolm Brown practiced in full. He's going to be there on Sunday uh, playing. And then um, I don't know if I said Sullivan yet, but he did not practice, but not injury-related as well. Yeah, those are those uh, the old man sit-outs. Uh, which is good. We need those guys to get rest. We want them to be around uh, the whole season. So totally okay with that. And you mentioned Barwin there, kind of a little bit upsetting, you know, that he's not going to be able to get to play going up against his former team here at the Eagles coming to town. Uh, He played with them uh, back in the day. And then uh, Wade Phillips also mentioned Al Ogletree hopeful to play. Um, But, you know, I guess that's going to be a game time decision. So I think we're all hopeful that he plays because, He's the leader of our defense out there. He's running. He's doing the plays. Um, I think everyone feels comfortable, not only on the field, but as that emotional leader as well. So hopefully we get to see him back on the field because uh, we're going to need him. But I don't want him being out there and getting banged up and you know having him go into doubt moving further on in the season. Mm-hmm. So we need everything we can in this game. We chatted earlier on Locked On this week with the Locked On Eagles guys, and uh, one of my favorite questions I asked them was about the injury reports for both teams because, Barry, you and I go back and forth on how strong our injury report has been all season. Of course, the past couple of weeks, it's it's gotten a little bit worse and worse, and the Eagles' injury report is is pretty minimal. So, um, you know, looking into this game, I'm, you know, hoping that Ogletree is going to be able to to get in there because there are some key matchups this game for on every level. There's plenty of storylines, the quarterbacks, the head coaches, the receivers, corners, and linemen. Um, so very much like hoping that Ogletree uh, will make a presence this week. Yeah, and it's crazy. I mean, you talked about the injury report. Um, you know, on their side, Zach Ertz practice but remained in concussion protocol, which is like one of those weird, well, why is he practicing if he's in concussion <laughs> protocol? But I'm assuming he was maybe just kind of doing walkthrough type stuff. Like walk, but, but don't think. Um, yeah, exactly. Don't do anything too much, uh, but do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll see how that goes for him. Uh, he is a big part of their offense. So again, we, we had that conversation with the Locked On Eagles guy, and we were kind of saying, who's your go-to wide receiver? Ours you know, right now would be almost Cooper Cup, now that Woods has been out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen that kind of play around. And he kind of said, that's our guy. Zach Ertz is the guy that's been comfortable with Carson Wentz. So it would be a big issue he doesn't play. It looks like he's going to, I think, if he's getting this far. But with that concussion protocol, it's not about asking him, hey, you feeling okay? You want to play? He's got to pass something to get in the game. So uh, you never know how that plays out. It would be a big win for us if he didn't play. Um, they kind of have the similar offensive style as we do as far as we've got a deep roster as wide receivers you got um obviously we talked about Aguilar and we talked about um the big signing with them uh Alshon Jeffries extending him and then Zach Ertz and they've got the dual slash trio wide receiver coming out of the backfield so they've got multiple weapons if we were able to get rid of one of them even before this game started it'd be a big win for us um so hopefully um you know he he doesn't feel so well in the morning and Alec Ogletree wakes up and, you know, he's, you know, doing pushups in the morning feels great. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, it could go the opposite way, but we'll just have to wait and see Sunday, a few days away, a couple more days to get healthy. Um, but this game, regardless, is going to be a really interesting one. You're starting to see national attention. I think Fox is actually moving their whole production to outside the Coliseum. Like it's called oh, game really? day or something. Yeah. Pretty interesting. I saw something today. Uh, saying they're moving um, the studio out there 
And then, you know, some of the Eagle hate came in because they did some, I guess there was a press release or something went out um, basically to a casting call type website that was <laughs> casting all Rams fans to come down. L.A. Rams fans, show your Only face. Only in L.A. So they're, yeah, they're trying to, re- I know, right? They're, they're trying to really get um, a crowd out there for it. It's kind of a last minute deal, uh, something they don't do too often, but uh, I think seeing that Chargers game earlier in the year maybe have scared them. They said, well, we want some Rams fans down there. You know, we know the Eagles fans are going to show up, uh, which is going to be interesting to see on Sunday. I know I've seen a lot of stuff talked on Twitter and social media about uh, going to the game, making sure you're loud. Uh, we know that they're sold out, and the only way you can get them is on the secondary market. There were talks about re-releasing some tickets. We haven't seen that yet. Um, but it's going to be loud. It's going to be packed. And hopefully our Ram fans will get loud from the beginning and the pregame show all the way uh, to the fourth quarter when, uh, you know, we're going to need them on that defensive crowd to get really nice and loud for our, for our boys on the field. And we had previously talked this week about the matchup with the Eagles, uh, with the Locked On Eagles guys and Mike Cahill um, from Pro Football Focus. And, you know, some of the main discussions were around giving these quarterbacks a lot of pressure and also the whole storyline between these two guys drafted uh, one slot apart from each other last year. And then the storyline of the coaches. But, you know, we talked – you mentioned earlier – uh, in this podcast about their threats, uh, both on the in the running back situation and the wide receiver situation. This is a game of just key matchups across the board. I want to maybe address a little bit more what we're looking at on some of those people you mentioned, Jeffrey's, uh, Jeffrey and Aguilar, because um, we saw Tremaine have an amazing game against the Cardinals, and he's going to have to continue that on Sunday. I'm assuming he's going to be probably guarding Jeffrey most of the time, who struggled a bit against Seattle. I know that primarily because I had him up on my opposing fantasy team, so I, I knew that he didn't do too well. Um, <laughs> but, you know, these matchups on the offensive defense, defensive side are going to be key. And, you know, I want to address where we're looking at in a cornerback situation against their wide receivers. And then if Ogletree comes back, um, you know, shutting down or helping out with their running back situation, it's going to be huge for us. So there's a lot of, of matchups on every and almost every single position that we're looking at here on Sunday. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. 
As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Yeah, no, you're very true. And, you know, the one thing you mentioned, you know, Tremaine Johnson, I I hope he does better than he did last week, though, because he gave up 10 catches and 100 yards to Larry Fitzgerald. And we did say, you know, obviously Larry Fitzgerald's, uh, you know, going to go down as a Hall of Famer and uh, one of the best to play that position. So it's tough to really judge that. Um, But he kept him in front of him, didn't give up the big play. He did have a touchdown late in the game. Um, So I hope that Tremaine kind of builds off that and, and then tries to challenge it even more and more. Uh, and there's going to be plenty of times. I mean, Carson Wentz, that's the crazy thing that you that you have to prepare for him compared to that Arizona game. Is He's kind of like that Russell Wilson. He's he's elusive, man. He's mm-hmm. not going to go down right away. Uh, you know, if you think you got him sacked, you better, you know, have another guy come in and jump on top of him because he's been able to slide out of tackles and create extensions to plays, which we've seen the likes of Aaron Rodgers do and be able to go downfield with the ball when everyone thinks, oh, we got him, uh, which makes for a dangerous matchup on the defense side because – Typically, as a as a defender and a, and a cornerback or secondary, you're thinking, man, I gotta I gotta you know cover for three to five seconds. But as he starts moving around and and that play you know expands to eight seconds, close to ten seconds, that's a long time for a guy mm-hmm. to chase around a guy that's getting paid millions of dollars to be a wide receiver. Um, it, it makes for an interesting matchup situation, and that's why our defensive pressure, as you mentioned earlier in the show, is going to be key. Can we get to him, and can we contain him? Uh, Aaron Donald coming right up the middle. I think he's been able to do that a lot this year. Uh, We faced Russell Wilson earlier in the year. We did pretty well against him. Obviously, you're not going to be able to completely shut a guy like that down. Um, And mixing in some blitzes is going to be key. Carson Wentz, although football ID ID is really up there, uh, he's still a second-year guy. So we got to be able to try to confuse him, try to give him different looks. That that pick that Alc Ogletree had last week, he started up on the line. He showed a lot of pressure. He even started coming in and then backed off into coverage. So it's those type of things that we're going to have to throw at him where he thinks we're coming and we're not, we're dropping, or he thinks that we're dropping and we're coming. Uh, we got to keep him guessing back there and we got to get the ball out of his hands pretty quick because we don't want him running around and creating those long standing plays. You're right. One thing that I think Tremaine's going to do a really awesome job of is throwing off Wentz's timing. Uh, but, you know, like you mentioned, if he allows Wentz to roll out, you know, he's going to have to continue to, to keep that pressure on. But the thing about Wentz is, which uh, Locked On Eagles mentioned as well, is he, he does something that Goff kind of did earlier in the season but has adjusted to. And, you know, we do catch him doing it every once in a while. But just staring down at his receiver. I think Wentz, one of his weaknesses is he tends to do that. Of course, if he's moving around, you mentioned Aaron Donald chasing after him. Him, that's going to be a different story because he is a fast guy and he is scary in the pocket just like Russell Wilson but if we can disrupt his timing with being you know especially Tremaine being tough uh, on Jeffries I think that's going to really throw things off and you mentioned you know Aaron Donald and giving a lot of quarterback pressures well I want to kind of throw that to the opposite side of the field and mention Brandon Graham on their side because uh, he has a career high 8.5 sacks this season and you know he's never one of those guys that's on top of the le- the league and uh, sack leaders but he's he he's just the, the pressure he gives is 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 something to be noted because um, he's going to be matching up with Rob Havenstein this week and if Havenstein doesn't do a good job of keeping him contained 
we don't need Goff to be running around back there like like we want Wentz to be. Yeah, it's going to be a big matchup. I mean, that's another thing coming in this game is the Eagles' defense has definitely stepped up uh, this year and made big plays, and that's been a big part of their success. I mean, as you go back and you're looking, you know, I've picked up and we've done, we do this draft league, which guys, if you're not in it yet, go go check it out. I put the link on Twitter. Uh, download the app on uh, whatever you're using, whether iPhone or Android. It's called Draft, the Draft app. And join us, eight-team league. We do a snake draft. We'll probably do it probably Saturday at some point. Anyway, I was looking at these guys and thinking, who am I going to pick up from Philly? You're always thinking they got this high-octane offense, Mm -hmm. but they spread the ball out. And really a big part of what they've done this year is they've had a lot of defensive pressure. They've been able to create turnovers and score with their defense um, and, you know, with the pressure coming off the edge. So you're right, Havistein has a big challenge. Obviously, we've got, um, you know, Solvin in the middle holding it down. We've had great years so far from the left side of our defense. We've had great years so far from the left side of our offensive line. Obviously, Whitworth and Saffold. So um, they got to play as a unit. They've been playing great all year. We said it last week and the week before. That type of stuff that they've been doing up front has really built confidence in Jared Goff to be able to stand back there and make those plays. So, uh, yeah, a big matchup on the offense and defensive line, like always. And then can we get Gurley involved both running the ball? Um, we haven't seen him hit over that 25 carry mark. I don't know, is this the game where we're going to have to ground and pound it? Or are we just really comfortable with Jared Goff? I mean, he has 3,100 yards passing this year and 20 touchdowns. Um you know, are we just going to kind of give him the keys to the car again in this game and say, hey, listen, you know, we're going to get Gurley 15 carries, but we're going to have you dump it down to him six times and we're going to have you move it vertically with, you know, Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins. So I, I still am trying to figure out um, how McVay is going to call this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of changed up every, every game so far, but he's gone a little bit more pass friendly uh, the past few games. So I think he's going to stick in that direction. But He's a matchup guy. He's going to look at how, how things are being played out. They're going to adjust at halftime. Uh, and we got to win that third quarter. we got to win that first quarter. Those quarters we've been dominating so far this year. Uh, get out to a, you know, a good start and then come out of half and really shut that down and, and then you know, finish it out in the fourth quarter. But, man, I can't wait for this game. You said it when you said get out to a good start. I, don't, I can't tell you how imperative it is for these Rams to score in the first drive. If they can't, the second drive. But we've gone the last seven games scoring in some way in the first drive, and I think that's going to be a huge momentum factor in this game because we all know if the Rams don't score in the first drive, the Eagles most likely will. And even if they do, uh, we're probably going to see a 7-7 seven to seven or 7-3 seven to three, um, game immediately in the first quarter. And then you mentioned it following up in the third, coming out of halftime, making those adjustments, which is something that's been key to us all season we've been able to accomplish. So, uh, you know, I think I'd, I'd be a little bit more comfortable having a lead after the first possession. And, and you know, seeing what the scores are going to be like during the first quarter, because I think this is going to be a very highly paced offensive game early on, and it's going to need to be. And I hope that we utilize, just like you said, Todd Gurley to to help make that happen. So, James, let's go Madden on this. Uh, we talked about how important this starting the game is here. Uh, let's say we flip the coin. You win the coin toss. Are you taking the ball right away, or are you kicking it off and letting your defense at home go out there and try to make it stop? Taking the ball or kicking? I'm going to kick it because I trust in our defense. I think they're one of the best in the NFL. I would rather have the ball going into the third. And I do know that we will score on our first possession. Of course, we got to give them a, an attempt first. But this defense at home with the loud Rams Nation at the Coliseum this week, I almost might prefer to just have my defense out there. 
I like it. I like it. That's what I do in Madden all the time anyway. Kick it. Take it at the half. Let's go. <laughs> um, I want to do a couple more talks here uh, of this comparison. We talked Wentz and Goff. Um, I saw a really cool uh, chart that was released today. And it's, uh, it was comparing Wentz and Goff through the first 19 starts. I feel like, you know, nationally, everyone's looking and kind of tips the cap to Wentz as far as the comparison so far because people got to see him all last year, right? Mm. He was basically the guy from the get-go. He's had some really cool plays, um, you know, and he obviously their team is, is, is off to a great start again this year. So, um, But when you look at their games as a whole, their first 19 games, so basically – Obviously, since golf started to this point, and then you know we're cutting off Wentz at a certain point for his first 19 games. But they both have won nine games. They lost 10. Um, they have about the same completion percentage. Uh, Wentz a little bit better at 62% compared to Goff at 59. Um, touchdown passes. The the tip goes to Goff. He's got 25. Wentz only has 21. And the interception goes tips to Goff. He only has 13. Well, Wentz has 16. Uh, so I love to see this. You know, they're kind of right there. We talked about the comparisons and one and two pick, and you know, nine and three versus ten and two. Um, it's exciting. I can't wait for this game. But I found that interesting that we, you know, golf statistically has had better touchdown to interception ratio. But other than that, they've both won nine games. It's a dead heat. This is going to be a good showdown. I like that, and I'll add to that. The the thing that bothers me about that stat is the Rams were just a different team last year. Um, I I just want to erase the Jared Goff games out of my mind. We all know that there's nothing to brag about there. If you take a peek at just this year, you know they're also very similar. But the thing is, Carson Wentz has an additional nine touchdowns on Jared Goff, same amount of interceptions. He's got a higher QB passer rating, 102 versus Goff's 98. Goff does have about 180 more yards um, and just two more completions. But they're they're pretty neck and neck when it comes to a lot of these stats. The one thing that bothers me though is Wentz has an additional nine touchdowns but yes we got to keep in mind that we have somebody on our team named Todd Gurley uh, who has gotten uh, received a lot of our, our touchdowns as well looking at points average points scored per game we're tied 30.1 each team I think we're tied for second in the NFL correct me if I'm wrong um, but you know these these guys looking at these quarterbacks they've performed in a very similar manner and this is this is a whole another story of course Goff was interviewed about this today everybody's been asking him about the uh, Wentz Goff Bowl and, and you know what they're looking at this weekend of course Jared just kept it cool and said you know I don't I'm not watching what he's going to be doing out there I'm just focusing on our team of course after the game they'll probably reevaluate everything but Jared's focused he's not considering that this is the the Goff Wentz Bowl and he just wants to keep his mind on on his performance and and, and on his offense. And that's what we love from our quarterback, man. Speaking of talking about great performances, it's Pro Bowl time already. We're talking mm. about voting. Uh, we're getting these guys. And we actually have a bunch of guys on our team compared to last year when we didn't get much Pro Bowl talk last year, right? <laughs> I don't even know if we really talked about it on Rams podcast last year because uh, the team was struggling so bad, minus Johnny Hecker and that special teams unit. So as of Wednesday, the Rams have Todd Gurley, Greg Zerloin, Johnny Hecker, and Fair Cooper all leading their respective positions in the NFC Pro Bowl votes. So that's pretty exciting that we're dominating up top, and uh, there's still seven days remaining. Jared Goff is ninth in the voting, but is fourth in the NFC behind Wentz, Drew Brees, and Russell Wilson. So he beat Drew Brees. Hopefully we can beat Wentz on Sunday uh, and get our second crack at Russell Wilson. So it would be nice if even if they, he doesn't get voted in, uh, we can go and just beat those quarterbacks and he'll go, you know what, I'll take a win over a Pro Bowl. And 
in the Pro Bowl these days, one of those three guys is either going to get hurt or going to say they're not going to go. So Jared might get the fill in. The crazy thing to me, it's crazy. Um, Fletcher Cox is leading the NFC D tackles, not Aaron Donald. So, Yikes. hello. I saw Pro Football Focus put up something today that had Aaron Donald like seven points higher than any other D tackle as far as the grade goes, which is just like a huge gap in these grades in any position that you talk about. And I started reading some comments because it was off of Pro Football Focus, um, and they had a bunch of comments. I wanted to go and see what people were talking. And a lot of people were like, how is Aaron Donald up there that high? How are they grading this? What's he doing? Mm. And I don't think they get that because he doesn't have, you know, 18 sacks or, you know, 75 tackles that it's, it doesn't add up to them. But if you're a fan or if you know football and you're watching this guy, he is in on almost every single play. And you're going to have to double team him. And if you do, it still doesn't slow him down. So amazing to see him up there. Obviously, I think you know he's going to make the Pro Bowl, but it's crazy that he's not even leading in that category right now. Yeah, that's funny you said that. I think a big reason that Fletcher is up there is obviously because of their record for the past, I mean, this season. Because you know the Eagles really much considered one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL, before they lost to Seattle last week. So it makes sense that uh, you take somebody who who has a uh, team that's doing just a little bit better and and have them higher on that list. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know. Kind of thinking about our conversation from with Mike Cahill from Pro Football Focus, there's a lot of aspects that go into the performance and how good of a player you are, all these uh, timing aspects and everything that you know contributes to you being one of the best players in the NFL that you don't really see on paper and that you don't really uh, see when looking at some of these numbers. So uh, we know how good Aaron Donald is. We just need Rams Nation to get online and vote. I'll be, and I'm sure you will be too from Locked On Rams, but I'll be releasing how to vote on Twitter via Rams Podcast. You can just go to the Rams.com also and put your votes in there, but we should definitely uh, throw that on social media as well. Oh, yeah, man. I already tweeted mine out, voted. I'm good to go. I think you're allowed to vote another time, so get your double votes in. Come on, Rams Nation. Come to the stadium. <laughs> show some support. Get online and uh, get your votes up, too. So fun week of football we have coming up. Not only this exciting game that we have here in L.A., um, there's a couple really good matchups. We've got uh, the matchup that's going on right now behind us, which is the Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. I think it's tied up right now, but it's early in the game. Uh, we also have that Minnesota-Carolina game, uh, which is you know going to keep our eyes on. We'd love to see Minnesota maybe drop a game. Uh, Carolina's sitting there at 8-4. and four. There's a lot of interesting games that are going on this week. So um, playoff time is here. we got the Seahawks and the Jags, which is another big one. Obviously, it would be great if those Jags. We've been rooting against Seahawks. I mean, we're always rooting against Seahawks, but we've been going extra strong on it the last couple games. Atlanta helped us out a couple weeks ago, but we'd love to see Jacksonville – Uh, get in there and uh, get a win there at home and kind of give us a little bit of more breathing room as we went up to Seattle next week. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. And I just want to get back to the Rams game really fast. On top of this being the biggest game of the season for us on paper and the Carson Wentz Bowl and the head coaches and all the matchups and the storylines we've been talking about, the biggest storyline that's developed in the past couple of days is, Barry, we've had a citywide national disaster, so to speak. There's been three or four major fires. People have lost their homes. The freeways have been shut down. There are people in, in the city of Los Angeles that, that need this win for a little bit of morale boost. They need to escape from you know any trouble that they're going through, uh, having to deal with these fires. Um, some people, a lot of people evacuated, and there was a lot of things that were lost. So just the the morale around the city right now, I think that you know big Rams victory on Monday on Sunday is going to 
to help with that. So, um, you know, just another storyline to add to the many. You got it, James. And, you know, hopefully uh, things will calm down here. And, and like you said, a big win on Sunday will mean a little bit more uh, for some of those fans that have been displaced. It's crazy how sports can kind of interject in life and make everyone feel a little bit better. Um, I know that place is going to be loud and proud uh, on Sunday, and I can't wait to watch. Uh, I think I may mosey on down there and try to work my way into a tailgate and, uh, you know, see what happens. Maybe try to, you know, is that is that Frank walking in? Frank, is that you? Or just kind of slide in. Uh, no, my buddy's in the other I just got to say. No, he has my ticket. Yeah. You ever see those videos of people sneaking into concerts and venues? I'm going to watch like 30 of those tonight and see you how You should go sneak find the where the porta potties are and just sit in the porta potty for the next two days until they bring them into the stadium. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> not gonna happen that but there's a will there's a way bear uh, i know you can sneak into the game you're right you're right everyone's like why don't you just pay 250 bucks no thank <laughs> you i'll sit in a porta potty um well guys it's crazy you could have gotten these tickets like what eight weeks ago for like 40 bucks but i'm glad these tickets are up the prices are up because we got a winning football team i can't wait to come back on sunday night and record monday's episode i'm hoping i'm gonna have as much energy as i have right now Guys, appreciate it. Go leave a review on iTunes. Get entered to win a Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. Leave your Twitter name. Uh, share this with your friends. Tell people that love the Rams. Bring some more questions our way. I think I told you yesterday I'm going to continue to let you know. You can reach out to me at LockedOnRams on Twitter. You can also reach out to me at LockedOnRams at gmail.com. So you can send me a message that way if you don't have Twitter. Um, as well as LA underscore Rambling Bear. We've got at jkroger3 with us and rams podcast is always thrown down on instagram and twitter so if you need some rams news if you want to share something if you're going to the game and you want to put up a picture we'll retweet it uh we love seeing you guys at the game at the tailgates having a bunch of fun um so share it with us and and we'll be more than happy to retweet you everyone be safe on sunday james thanks for coming thanks for coming a couple times this week and you know what it is rams nation until next time peace Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.